Welcome to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we unpack the big political stories of the week. I'm Mike Siluma. Uh, this week, of course, there's only one political story exercising the nation's mind, the violence and looting that broke out in KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng. We'll be seeking to explore how the crisis unfolded and how we might come out of it in the end. This icon is racist. I've never, ever been a spy. Can the Please. PBS bank uh, loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shape. Can you please come in? Let's welcome my guest for this week's conversation, uh, William Kometia, who's the Associate Professor in the School of Governance at VETS, as well as Usmanga uh, Keshova, who's the Sunday Times Politics Editor. Now, let, let me start with you, Bongagonke. Paint a picture for us as to how did we get here? Yeah, well, what are the ingredients, would you say, that contributed to the outbreak in violence? Bramike, it's been, uh, it's been brewing for, for, for weeks now. Um, since the incarceration of the former president, Jacob Zuma, we saw calls of people gathering outside of Fields' homestead in Kandla. And um, uh, during that period, Bramaik, uh, a lot of people made threats. They want us to believe that it, it was warnings, but actually it was threats. They were making threats that if, um, if the former president is sent to prison, um, there was going to be a civil war. W- what followed then is now history, Bramaik. Uh, what we saw last weekend, on Monday, on Tuesday, is a result of those threats that were being made um, outside uh, the former president's homestead in Gandla by people we know who were making those threats. And this has um, caused a massive destruction. I doubt we'll be able to, to, to recover in, in, in the coming months, uh, maybe even years. The city of Deben is in ruins. Um, the destruction in Peter Marisberg, it's... Uh, unbelievable Bramike. recently built malls are damaged and then we don't know if those businesses will be able to go back so we know how this thing started we we, we can trace it back to to outside the gates of the former president's house and today that, that's where we are with uh, with so much destruction that has been caused and which is now threatening to escalate to some kind of of racial war down there in um, in Devon. Uh, Prof, the, 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 what, what other uh, in Osmo is talking about the political uh, roots of the of the country, but I've heard other people saying no, no, no. This has got to do with poverty and inequality and all of that, you know, kind of thing. Almost uh, foregrounding those factors ahead of the violence itself. What, what's your take on that? Um, you know, I, I don't fully agree with the people who blame it on poverty, although, you know, we could make a case, a partial case for poverty. Uh, you know, uh, I would rather put it, you know, pre-existing conditions um, that make, made the looting and the violence and the destruction of properties possible. I think the, very, the first thing, of course, is just being that, you know, in 1994, um, we had inequality between black and white. Now we have inequality between black and black. Um, and we have, you know, Blacks who've done super well um, to the state, to Black economic empowerment, and they also live to bring a life. And then you have the Black cousins who have remained behind. And Kantla is a really good example, you know, so much homestead. You've got a 280 million um, homestead, 
the next to hit, you know, people living in huts, uh, informal settlement type of um, situation. Now, if you um, the neighbor of Jacob Zuma, you know, before 1994, you would have been equal, you know, you all would have been in the same situation. And the difference really is now that Jacob Zuma was connected to the ANC and he, you know, he arose um, because of his connectedness and suddenly he is rich and so on. So there's a term for that, it's called relative depravity, where those who've been left behind in you know, inequality see others who are doing well, who were with them a few years before at the same level, but they've moved on without any merit, um, you know, no merit, just because they were connected. You know, so that's that one element. Then there's another element that unfortunately, we the society, um, we have a culture of violence. So, you know, the apartheid government was violent and the opposition to apartheid was violent. So we, you know, we lawless, a lawless society. Now, after 1994, the new government, unfortunately, did not enforce the law when it comes to ANC um, supporters. So when there's a trade union protest or even a student protest, um, you know, um, people were mollycoddled and their culture of violence continued. And then we also had a culture of looting even before. I mean, you know, my generation in the 1980s, I remember, um, you know, um, we looted what is now looted. You know, we have to uh, 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 tell the truth. We, we, you know, looted. And because it's acceptable because while well, we're looting uh, white-owned businesses or, um, you, you know, transport uh, companies uh, and so on. So that culture has continued. And the same, for example, if you think about it, you know, boycotting of, of rates and taxes, because the argument was at the time, rightfully, that while well, this is a, a, a part of an unlawful system and we shouldn't follow the rules. Now, you know, after 1994, with a new democratic government, it, the, the, the law was not in force when there was a new uh, democratic government. And then, of course, we've got COVID-19, you know, the lockdown. What happens is, is, is a, a, a thing called cabin fever. You're locked in for months and months. You just want to get out. It's, you know, it's experienced around the world, not only in South Africa. Combined with the financial crisis caused by COVID-19, uh, businesses closed, people are unemployed. And then we have another parallel crisis in South, South Africa where we don't have, you know, other emerging market peers of public service delivery um, or lack thereof, thereof, you know, no power, uh, lack of water, uh, and so on. Um, and then Jacob Zuma and his um, incitement and his supporters' incitement of people um, to, you know, to defend him became the power keg. Let's pick it up with, with with the last point you're making about Jacob Zuma and 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 his uh, his behavior. So, okay, do you think? Because some some people say, well. If, if he had not been imprisoned, all of this would not be happening. But if let, let, let's for a moment imagine that we release him tomorrow. Will it resolve the political crisis in the ANC and in the country? Or will it just make it worse? Let me first answer your question. It will make it worse. Uh, but but, but, but let, me, let, let, me, let me take your listeners uh, through what, what has been happening. You see, this whole crisis that we are in today can be traced back... Um, to a meeting that we reported about at the Sunday Times that took place in a hotel in Deben called the Maharani Hotel. And that when uh, the former president convened uh, like-minded leaders within the ANC, including the Secretary General of the ANC, uh, where they allegedly explored a strategy on, on, on how to regain control 
of the ANC. Um, we, we, we both were not inside the meeting. We don't know exactly what they spoke about, but people within the ANC are saying that's where the plan to take over the ANC was hatched and that's where our problem started. And, and, and since then, there's been events that have taken place to show that the fight back campaign that was hatched there is being put in motion. And let's say is President Zuma is um, is released tomorrow, and th- that was that will bolster his supporters and they will feel that they've got the upper hand and they will make more demands. But like, um, there's also a demand for President Sirama Posa to step down. There's a demand for the whole NEC of the ANC to resign. And then we go to where the party goes to um, some kind of a special, a special national conference. And if the state or the ANC or President Ramaphosa agrees to any of these demands, it will open a floodgate because they will use this violence uh, to to make sure that all their demands are, um, are actually met. And that, that one we cannot afford as a country because it will plunge the whole country into a deeper, deeper crisis than the one we are in right now. Hey, William, do you, do you want to come in? A, 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 a bigger prize than just releasing Jacob Zuma? Do you agree? I'm, I absolutely agree with him, you know, fully. For me, surprise, um, you, you know, puzzled me was that, you know, when uh, when Jacob Zuma threatened that, uh, you know, they will, won't allow Jacob Zuma to go to prison and that they will be opposing it, that the state was not more prepared. We've got um, in South Africa what we call the Disaster Management Act, which make it possible to prepare for emergencies and disaster. And this was actually one of those, it's a political emergency or political disaster waiting to, to happen. So I was surprised. The police, the army and the intelligence services in their slow response initially be prepared on the day itself uh, when Jacob Zuma uh, went to prison and thereafter they were not uh, also at the hotspots. What it tells me is that certainly in the police and the army and the intelligence services and also in the ANC, there's a a lot of significant support uh, for Jacob Zuma. Uh, and they have slowed the process of responding because um, they wanted to, to see a crisis or they were very unwilling to prevent a crisis. At the, at the security cluster ministers, and, you know, the, 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 particularly uh, the state security minister, she, she was saying that, well, they, they prevented even a worst fate that could have befallen us. So, so we, should be, we should be grateful, in other words, you know, that, that they, 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 they saved us from this, this calamity that otherwise would have befallen us. That's worse than what we're seeing now. Do, do, you, do, do you think that South Africans should buy that? No, Pramaik, we shouldn't buy that. Um, you see, uh, th- this uh, uh, crisis has exposed and, and, and actually revealed that we, we have no intelligence in this country. Um, I hear some people want to attribute this to uh, President Jacob Zuma's uh, uh, rule that during his time he dismantled all state agencies and and and, and it was the NPA, the, the the intelligence, the police, and, and and so on and so forth. And they want to attribute it to that. And but but the truth of the matter is that Jacob Zuma left in 2018, uh, and, and 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 there's been no rebuilding. Um, of those uh, of those institutions, and and then to come and to say that there are things that they prevented. If there was any intelligence, if we had any functional um, um, state security in this country, none of this could have happened. People were discussing these plans on WhatsApp, Pramik. WhatsApp. 
uh, <laughs> and you wonder how did they not pick this thing up before it happened because those people started talking about these things on Thursday already a day after the president was uh, was uh, was uh, he was sent to jail and 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 between Thursday and Sunday nothing happened they did nothing to prevent people from blocking the freeways down there in the in depth and the N2 and the N3 something that was planned in WhatsApp group uh, messages. They did nothing to prevent the 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 torching of 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 malls and the looting of malls. Something that was planned in WhatsApp groups, and and, and then they come and tell us that they could have uh, prevented uh, more damage. Really, um, I, I think they they are they are, they are just undermining our intelligence, and um, and I think that uh, uh, President Ramaphosa, after this, uh, he must um, uh, look himself in the mirror. And um, and he must also look at his cabinet as well, and 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 say, do I really have the right people in the right positions? He must look at the state security and say, do I have the right people there? He must look at the police. Um, do I have the right national police commissioner? How come crime intelligence was not able to pick up that there was going to be um, uh, so much um, uh, looting, which is a criminal activity? Um, and, and and then we they, then these ministers go out there and, and 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 the national commissioner go out there when it's all has happened and, and people are cleaning up. So yeah, after this, the, 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 if the president doesn't make any changes, it would mean that uh, I don't know. I, I don't think he will know what he's doing. William, the, the president needing to to make changes. The question, of course, is why why would he have not made the changes earlier, way way before this happened, knowing that he has got enemies uh, at every turn who have declared, you know, their, their, their intentions. You know, he, because um, he pursues, I think, a wrong-headed strategy of what we call unity, his unity strategy, trying to hold on to the Jacob Zuma, Isma Hussula faction in one ANC, uh, where they're almost two different parties. I mean, you know, the Jacob Zuma, Isma Hussula group, um, they don't want him as a president, they want to use him now to try to uh, keep uh, a united front um, by keeping um, some of these key figures, uh, supporters of Jacob Zuma and Isma Khashule within the cabinet, who are either incompetent or either will deliberately sabotage him, um, and which I think isn't the case here. And the, re- the reason why we have this slow response from the police, the army, the intelligence services has much to do about... Uh, deliberate inaction by the security forces. And then, of course, uh, you know, combined with total incompetence uh, by, by the leaders of the security forces. Uh, and then, you know, the, the, the last one is also just that sadly, you know, many in cabinet didn't grasp the gravity of this emergency. So, okay, the, 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 the president's term is almost over. What, so what 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 is holding him back? Why 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 is he wedded to this unity thing? Because what it means is that he, you know he probably is going to finish his term, or they will cause him to finish his term prematurely, while he's holding on to this unity thing, and he's not seeming to himself grasp the gravity of 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 the of of the challenge against him. What what is holding him back? I mean, one would have thought that he would say, you know what. You know, I'm left with maybe just over a, you know, just over a year in office. You know, let me throw caution to the wind and do all the things that I've been wanting to do anyway. It's puzzling, but Mike, um, we are told that he's a man of processes. That um, 
he believes in um in taking his time and um and follow all the necessary processes that need to be followed uh, in order for whatever decision it takes uh, not to backfire. Um, but I think that is also working um, against him. Um, I think that the, the people that he has kept um, in key positions um, have, um, <clears throat> are capable of, of really uh, bringing him down and, 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 and even making him a one-term president. Um, it, it's very dangerous to have people who don't have your 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 best interest at heart at um, at uh, very crucial positions. Um, I think that 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 might be his downfall, Pramik. And uh, for someone who wants to come back as a, for a second time, he he has not really uh, stamped his authority, and um, he has not really uh, uh, operated. In a manner uh, that will um, will strengthen his grip on 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 power. Um, I, I think that if it continues this way, um, as we have seen, that there, there are people who are willing to undermine him. There are people who are willing to undermine the authority of the state. Uh, I'll give an example, Bramik. Although it's someone who's maybe not um, uh, appointed by him, you have a mayor in Deben down there who who his city was, was, was burning by Sunday night and Monday. And all he did was to tweet free Zuma or, or to post on Facebook free Zuma. There, there was no message of bringing about calm into the city. There was no message of saying, um, uh, assuring citizens that authorities are in charge. They were handling the situation. Things will be back to normal. He just, tweet, he just wrote free Zuma. So that, that's the person it tells you that that person is married to factional interest rather than his oath to serve the citizens of Etewin. There are other examples. And those are the people who, who, who are capable of actually uh, bringing the president down and, and, and also making sure that he doesn't have a, a, a bite at the second term and, and, and then that the, the, RT, the, the RET group gets an upper hand in his oath and ultimately is, is removed. Where, where would you place someone like Sikhlesigalala? Because he also was, you know, at, at the height of the violence, he was saying Jacob Zuma must be pardoned. So where, where, where does he fit into this puzzle? Um, Sikhlesigalala... He's, he's the leader of the ANC in KZN, and KZN, just about the entire province, is on fire. And then he says he, the most important thing that he feels he has to say is to say Jacob Zuma should be pardoned. Yeah, Pramik Sikhlesigalala is, is, is in a very difficult position. Um, the, the RT grouping um, has long decided that he, he has sold out because he, he accepted the leadership of, of Cyril Ramaphosa. Um, he walked the streets with him and um, he, he, he embraced the fact that he, Cyril Ramaphosa is now the president. When the RET grouping has not accepted that, and they've been working on trying to 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 remove him ever since uh, he was elected, and and because of that, um, he has been uh, he's been um, isolated by the grouping. But Sikhlesi uh, Galala knows that um, uh, Jacob Zuma's popularity within the ANC in his own province, and he knows that uh, his survival it's it's linked 
at not being seen to be anti uh, 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 former President Jacob Zuma. So he's between a, a rock and a hard place because what he, he has to be the premier of the province, supporting the president, but at the same time, he needs to, he needs to please the, the membership, the rank and file members of the ANC, who some of them are within the RT grouping and some of them who really uh, would were willing to die for President Zuma, as we have seen in the in, in the in the past few days. So his messaging, he needs to be very careful whenever he communicates his messaging. He wants pres- President Zuma removed. At the same time, he wants us to uphold the rule of law, which are two different things. If you release President Zuma, it means we have taken the constitution out of the window. And that's why uh, we don't know. You are asking me, Brahma, giving yourself, where does it stand? Because he is in a very difficult position. Hey, William Gumete, I'll ask you this question as well. Can, can Jacob Zuma be pardoned, or you know, should he be pardoned? If if you were to be pardoned, what what, what would what what would be the the the, the process? Can 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 Sir Ramaphosa just wake up one morning and say, okay, you are free to go home? Um, yes, you know, the, so the process of pre- presidential pardon is, you know, Jacob Zuma would then have to formally ask for a for a, for a pardon. And then um, the president um, can pardon him. You know, under the Jacob Zuma presidency, uh, um, incidentally, he pardoned many of his allies and friends um, and associates um, quite quietly. Um, so, you know, it is in Ramaphosa's power to do that. The problem now is, after all of the destruction and the looting and the distrust, to give Jacob Zuma a, a presidential pardon now really will cause so much um, anger um, and also, maybe politically, it might actually cause. A you mean you mean anger in the general in the general population, not 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 among. Um, yes, anger in the general public. It will cause a lot of anger in the general public. But maybe politically for Ramaphosa, it will actually strengthen Jacob Zuma and the Ace Mahasule grouping because they would then argue, you know, we made this country ungovernable. We caused chaos. We caused looting, and the president actually. Then backwards, you know, we've got him. Um, let's go, you know, our next um, phase. Let's kick him out um, out of the ANC leadership. And and maybe as Mangonke, just just lastly, once once Jacob Zuma gets his his pardon, you know, if that were to happen, Ace uh, Mahashule would also be entitled to one, and Zandile Kumete and all of them. Not only them, Mike, what will stop Nasif Modak down there in Cape Town to also organize his friends to cause chaos for him to be released? And, and, and get some kind of pardon himself. It, it would create a very bad president. And I'm really hoping that they don't even consider that. Okay, uh, gentlemen, that's all we have time for uh, on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly this week. And I'd like to thank you very much for joining us for a very interesting uh, conversation about the very grievous situation that our country uh, finds itself in. Uh, who's the Sunday Times Politics Editor, as well as uh, William Kumete, who's the Associate Professor in the School of Governance at WITS. And by the way, if you'd like to get our podcast, you can find these on iono.fm, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. Until next time, stay safe, sanitize, wear the mask, and avoid crowded places. I'm Mike Siluma, signing off.